be a spectator, be a participator. And uh, this is your opportunity to be able to do that. Um, I have found that over this, especially the last several weeks, God has been speaking very strongly to me um, things that we need to hear as the body of Christ. Some of you know that uh, I had the opportunity the, uh, this past week, I was contacted by Total Christian Television to do a, um, do a segment on their program, their prayer and prayer on purpose. And uh, we shared, had the opportunity to really challenge people. Um, you know, there's just, even in the Christian community, there is a lot of fear, uh, a lot of concern, a lot of worry that's going on. People concerned about finance and all of it. Look, it's legit. There's stuff going on. But we're to cast our care upon the Lord, and we're not to have anxiety. And so I just encourage you that, look, it, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, God's got a word for you. And uh, don't don't discount that. He's speaking. He's speaking from heaven. And sometimes, you know, when things are really bad, he's even speaking more because he knows we need to hear it. And so I just encourage you, look. Hear the word of the Lord. Write it down. Go back over it. You know, these teachings we're doing in the evenings, they're not just like a nice little teachings that, uh, you know, that's really awesome. These are really vital to helping people in their life and to be an encouragement to them. So this this message this morning, you know, um, God didn't wake me up at 5 a.m. this morning, but uh, for this one, I had this one earlier in the week, but uh, it's called The Tipping Point. Now, the tipping point in business, uh, if you're not familiar with it, is when is what they what people look at in business that something that was barely getting along or something that was average, all of a sudden it tipped over and it began to cause other things to happen. It created other things. So the idea is like, you know, you've probably seen those dominoes when people set all those dominoes up. I think, man, what patience to be able to do that. And then they have like going around and around and around and they have them going down and knocking things over. Well, it all starts with tipping the first one over. And when that first one tips over, it starts this incredible chain reaction, if you will, uh, that, cre- that knocks, knocks them all down. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. And uh, so in business, they talk a lot about this with the tipping point. What's the tipping point? What's going to make it go? You're really experiencing this in, the, in, in your world right now with the whole viral thing that's going on with the coronavirus and how they talk about that, you know, that, that it, like you could watch over the weeks, how it just began to, the dominoes. The narrative was taken over by fear, and when the narrative got taken over by fear and not, not being positive and not being in faith, um, you know, and look, we should be cautious. I'm not saying that we're not to be cautious, but... When fear begins to set in, everything can go crazy, and uh, and it did, and it has, and so the narrative has been controlled by others. It's not being controlled by the church, but we're going to change that. We're going to change it, and uh, I believe you're part of the change. Amen? Be part of the change. Don't be part of the problem that's out there, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but you saw how it escalated. You know, it's the, the one thing led to another thing and to another thing, and it got bigger and it spread. And that's why they're talking about social distancing, because they're trying to get the chain to stop. They're trying to get it to quit tipping, you know, so things keep tipping over. One of the ones in business that's a real big one was um, the Sharp Company. Uh, they, bought, they bought the idea of being able to put out fax machines. And uh, you remember fax machines, right? 
and uh, I think they're still used some in business today. But uh, Sharp bought the bought the ability from Xerox to be able to use those uh, fax machines in the first year. They only sold eighty thousand of them, which was not good. And uh, but then within three years, they sold a million. So they sold one million the third year. The next year, they sold two million. And then it began, they hit a tipping point because it, 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 it finally caught on. So when we talk about tipping points, we talk about that this is something that it caught on. It, it got the idea caught on. So I want to just share with you some things from the scripture that I believe that's tipping. I think that um, one of the things that we have to realize uh, that's happening right now is this is all set up for a major move of the Holy Spirit in our nation and world right now. And, uh, you know, and you say, well, what's, what's the proof of that? Well, one, uh, people's hearts don't know where to turn, so they're turning to God. And uh, all the other, I've mentioned this last week, all the other gods are dead. I mean, sports gods dead, TV gods dead, all those things, everything that everybody looked to, they're all, they're all gone. And in some places, you know, they're saying that even in the medical community, there's no there's no hope. There's no way that they can keep up with all of the problems that are going on. Look, you can look at that one way and say, well, this is it. Or you can look at it this way, that there will be people turning to God in an incredible way because people's hearts are open. Now, back in when 9-11 happened, uh, there was a, the, the, our nation was shaken, but we were only shaken for a week. Now, we watched the videos for a while, and we watched the repeats of what had happened. Churches had more people in them the following week. But then it began to dissipate back, and church had less people in it, and it had less people in it, had less people in it, and it waned off. Same thing with Y2K. There was great fear. What's happening? The, you know, plane's going to fall out of the sky. Every computer's going to crash. Everything's going to go wrong. Banking system's going to collapse. This is the end. And, you know, those of you that lived through that remember that. I know some of you that are watching weren't even born then or you were really little. But it created a little bit of excitement towards the things of the kingdom. But see this, what we're dealing with right now, this is a long protracted dealing with something that is causing people to decide where they're going to go next. What's going to happen? Where, where are we going to turn to? Where do we go for help? How do we... How do we get out of this? And plus, just how do I break the depression? Because that's what it is, the discouragement, the, the, the old being overwhelmed. Where do I go? How do I deal with this? Where do I turn to? And because of that, hearts are open for the gospel. That's why what we're doing right now as a church, uh, this online stuff that we're doing, stuff that you're doing with connecting with people, what we're doing right now, at least in my lifetime, has greater importance than it ever has before, at least in my life, which is 61 years. So right now, this is in, in 40 years of ministry, I have never seen a more important time for us to stand up and be heard and to say what the word says and to speak for our God, because there is revival that is happening. Yesterday, um, just to kind of give you an insight into this, and then we'll get right into what I want to get to in the word. Yesterday, for example... I took some time in praise and worship and prayer in my uh, study, and I had a divine visitation. 
Now, I can't say like that, I, that Jesus walked in the room and I saw him. That's not what I'm talking about. But I was so overwhelmed by the presence of God that my whole body, I couldn't even open my eyes. It was so strong. And it hit me like a wave. You know, we were singing about like waves, that it comes like waves. And it hit me. And I mean, it was like I felt, I felt like electricity was going through my body, through my mind. I felt, and, and look, how did I get in that place? I was battling heaviness. I mean, listen, I can't tell you the heaviness that I was battling yesterday. I mean, it just, you know, you, you're probably like me. You have days that like you get up, man, and it's glory to God. Jesus is on the throne. I'm going forward. Praise the Lord. And then you have other times where it's like, oh, my goodness, what happened? What changed? But see, what I know is, is that God has provided ways for us to be able to break through that when we're discouraged, when we get downcast, when we get overwhelmed. My Bible says in, in, in Psalm 42, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to that place. I know Brad was talking about earlier with the worship team about Psalm 27. God will set us on high as we offer the sacrifice of praise. And as I sat there, I felt that presence just flow through me from one end to the other. I couldn't, I'm, I'm serious, I couldn't even open my, I, it felt like rapture, like I was, I thought this is it, I'm heading, the, the trumpet must be going to sound, because my body had lost complete control, my mind had lost complete control over what was happening, and that presence just swept through me, and then it didn't stop there, it came right back in again. And, uh, and flew through my, and, and Sharon will tell you, you know, the battle that, that I was just going through. And it, I mean, nothing had really changed. It was just a battle. And, uh, but see, that's the power of your praise and worship. It shuts the devil up. It shuts the enemy up. Turn off Fox News. Turn off all those networks that are on there that you've been listening to. And put on some worship music. And uh, if you say, well, I don't have any, then replay what you just heard and sing it instead of watch it. You say, well, Pastor, you're being awfully bold this morning. Well, I've had a few cups of coffee. That would help a little bit. But, but I just want to encourage you, look, man, I want you to break through this. I don't want you to be stuck where you're at, that you're sitting at home feeling like you've you got to be overwhelmed because you don't have to be. And uh, so, you know, you have to do the things that are right. There's a tipping point. I think I hit a tipping point yesterday. See, at that point for me was that a domino just flipped over. But I had to do something for that to happen. So don't say, well, it's, it's just in God's sovereign will whenever he wants. No, 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 no. You're not reading your Bible accurately. People did acts of obedience for their tipping point to happen. So I want you to turn. We'll stay in this one section, 2 Kings, if you would turn there with me. 2 Kings chapter 3, I want to read some tipping points to you, and then I want to talk to you about some things that can happen out of this for you and I, and uh, amen. So 2 Kings chapter 3, and uh, Israel and Judah are in big trouble, big problems are happening, and they don't know what to do. There's no rain. Uh, of course, there's not going to be any crops if there's not any rain, and so they call for the prophet. They call for Elisha and they say, give us a word, tell us what to do. And I want you to watch this in verse 15. He said, now, this is what Elisha said, now bring me a minstrel, a musician. That's what that means. See, here's praise and worship again. Bring me a, mu a minstrel. And it came to pass when the musician played 
that the hand of the Lord came upon the prophet. You want the hand of the Lord to come upon you? Then you need to get that worship music going in your house, all right? What speaks to you? That, I'm talking about music that speaks to you. And, uh, you know, and sometimes that's hymns and sometimes that's spiritual songs and, and it's all good. So let it all speak to you. Praise the Lord. Sometimes the Gaithers man hit a home run for me. Sometimes it's Bethel. I'm really into this album called Moments because I was having a moment yesterday. But I'm telling you, in that moment, I met God and came out a different man. So let me encourage you about that. There are tipping points that can happen in our life where things can go from barely getting along, not getting along, things are just kind of getting along, to bang, it all of a sudden everything flips and it begins to escalate itself and begins to change, begins to escalate and change. So the prophet said, thus says the Lord. Now, you know, you, you would think you might read this and the prophet says, don't worry about it, water's coming, it's all going to be okay. But that isn't what he said. He said, listen, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water that you may drink both you and your cattle and your beasts. And, it, and this is but a light thing. Notice that. This is but an easy thing in the sight of the Lord, and he will deliver the Moabites into your hand. And so they did it. What did they do? They go out, they start digging these ditches everywhere out in the valley. I mean, they're digging, but they had to do something. You want things to tip? You, gotta, you have to do something. You have to take that step of faith. You have to make that move. It, it, look, how hard was it to dig a ditch? It was an act of obedience off of the word of the Lord. And so they took and they dug these ditches. And what's really awesome, we won't read it all because of time, but what's really awesome is that when they dug these ditches, they got up in the morning and it says that all the ditches were filled with water. It didn't rain. And they didn't know how that happened. But that's not the only miracle that happened. Because the, the not only did they now have water for their fields and their cattle and for their families, provision was made. But God, when the sun came up, he made the water look like blood. That they, The reflection of the sun on that water. Sometimes you see that in the morning. I look out over our, the fields around us and see that red sun come, that, coming up in the morning. And it reflects off and makes all that water look red. And the Moabites saw that and they thought, oh my goodness, Israel has created a, we know there's no water down there. That's blood. There's blood everywhere. God, they have rose up and destroyed all their adversaries. We got to get out of here. And they booked it. They took off. They were so fearful. And, the, and, and their enemy, the Israelites' enemy was gone. But what was it that they had to do? They had to take a step of action. They had to do something. They had to dig a ditch. They had to dig a ditch. If you look at the next one, uh, is in uh, the next chapter, and it's in verse 1 of chapter 4. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor has come to take uh, take unto him my two sons to be bondmen, you know, to pay their debts. And Elisha said to her, well, what can I do for you? Tell me what you have in your house. And she said, thine handmaid hath, hath not anything in the house 
except a pot of oil, a pot of oil. Now look, a little pot of oil isn't going to look like much whenever they're talking about taking your two kids. She's afraid, and, and, and look, rightfully so. Her husband's dead, which means that the source of income in their home is gone for their family, and uh, she's about to lose everything because of the debts that they have. Now watch what happens. Then he said, the prophet spoke, go borrow vessels abroad of all your neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when you are come in, thou shalt shut the door upon you and upon your sons, and you shall pour out into all those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. You shall set aside that which is full. And he said, so she went from him, she shut the door uh, upon her, she shut the door and upon her sons and brought, who brought the vessels to her and she poured out of the one pot. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me yet another vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stopped and the oil stopped. Now, what if she would have said, listen, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I got one pot of oil. You're telling me to go borrow pots from everybody, and that's going to take care of it. That is not what I asked you for. I asked you to fix my problem. I asked you to change my circumstances. How about the Israelites? We asked for rain. We didn't ask for you to tell us to do more work. We, didn't want, we don't want to go down there. Why, why, why should we have to go dig those ditches? You're God. Come on. If you're God, then make it rain, and we don't have to do anything. But see, what God does for us and what God wants to do through us is that he wants us to take steps of faith that produce miracles. And if we don't take the steps, it doesn't produce the miracle. What if this woman had said, I'm not doing that. That's a dumb thing. I, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. No, she did it. And what happened was is that this, the oil filled every, this one little pot of oil filled every pot, and then the prophet said, now go sell it all and pay off all your debts, and that's what she did. And obviously she had enough not only to pay her debts, but to take care of her family and, uh, and, 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 and make provision for her. So here's the thing I want you to grab hold of, and I'll tell you one more after this, that we have to do something. We have to do something. We take the step of faith. And then God does the miracle. God does the miracle. Oh, pastor, well, if I had a word from the Lord, oh, if I had a word from the Lord, then I could do that. But I don't know if I have. My Bible's full of words from the Lord, friend. My Bible's full of it. You Look, if you're looking to heaven to give you a word, a voice to speak to you, you're looking the wrong way because the voice of God is inside of you now. If you're a born-again believer, his spirit is now inside of you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside of you. He'll make alive your mortal body. The power of the Holy Spirit is with us. I mean, you have those who are led by the spirit of God are called the sons of God. We're to le live our lives led by the Holy Spirit, not to just sit back and say, well, you know, God, give me a word. If you give me a word, then I'll do something. No, there's enough words in here to tell us what to do. These people dug a ditch. These people... These people, this, this, this woman, she gathered the jars. She went and did it. I mean, what if she, and look, as much as she gathered, that's how much she had. And when she didn't have any more, that was the end of that miracle in her life. And provision was made. So I just encourage you to take those steps of faith. 
make those moves to do those things that God says in his word for us to do. We have, according to the book of Peter, a more sure word of prophecy. Even if God had spoke from heaven, this book that you and I have is more sure to you and I with its promises that are within it. Hallelujah. The last one I just want to read, tell you about, I'm not going to take time to read it out to you, but it's about the woman and her husband who didn't have any children. And they made a decision. The woman said, look, this prophet, he comes by here. He doesn't have any place to stay. He's a man of God. Let's let him, we got a room upstairs. Let's let him stay there. Let's put a little chair in there and a table. Let's put in a lamp. Let's put a nice bed in there for him to sleep in so he has a place to rest. Well, the prophet came by and she said, look, we got a place. We've made room for you upstairs. We want you to, we want you to stay up there. And uh, when she made room for him, he had the anointing come on him and he said, what does this woman need? And his servant said, well, she doesn't have any children. And he walked in that room to her and her husband. She didn't ask for this at all. I want you to grab hold of this. She didn't ask for it at all. And he said to her, by this time next year, you will have a son. You'll have a child. Now, here's the power of this. What did she do? She made room. She made room in her life for God to speak. Are you making room for God to speak in your life right now? Look, I, when all this is over and it'll all be over, I don't want us to ever go back. I don't, I don't ever want us to go back to where we were. I don't want to be that guy anymore, but pre-coronavirus or whatever. You know, I, I don't think the church will ever be the same again. I hope you're not going to be the same again. You know, it, people say, well, I we just can't wait till things get back to normal. What does that mean? Normal meaning that we can eat in restaurants? Normal that, I mean, come on, let's get our values straightened out here. Normal that we can go to the movie? Normal that we can watch sporting events? I mean, what does normal look like? What does normal look like? We don't want a natural life. We want a supernatural life. We want a supernatural life. This woman made room, and God moved moved in her life. I was thinking back of several years ago. Those of you that are from the Marietta Church will remember this that were with me then. Um, we, in our sanctuary, we had, uh, the, we had uh, about, I think we had enough seating in the sanctuary for about 75 people. And, you know, we were like really believing God to break through. I really felt like God wanted us to break through to 100. And we had this wall that was in the back of the sanctuary that, uh, that ended. You remember that, Sharon? And, and uh, I thought, you know what? We need, to, we need to expand. You know, if we want to grow, we've got to expand. We keep hitting this 75, going back down, hit 75, go back down. So I said, you know what? We're gonna, I started talking to some people. And they and said, you know, we're going to tear that wall down. And this is what this is what they said to me. The, some of my leaders even said, "Why do you want to do that? I mean, come on, that, what good's that going to do? Tearing the wall down? That's not going to bring people to the church. It's, you know, why don't we put it into advertising? Why don't we Why don't we put it into some other thing? You know, buying more better cushions for our pews because we didn't have any cushions on our pews, and uh, you know, all those things and. And you know what I did? I backed off. And the Lord visited me, I think it was probably about six months later, and said, you know, if you want this church to grow, you're going to have to do what I was trying to show you to do, and that is I need you to tear that wall down. 
and I was like, Lord, I, I, I had to repent. That Number one, I just had to stop and say, God, I'm sorry. I repent. I did not do. I stepped up, and I let the voices of people convince me not to do this. And, uh, and so I'm sorry, and I'll do it. I'm going to take the first step. And so I didn't even talk to anybody about it the next time except my wife. And, uh, and she wasn't one of the naysayers. But we, I said, look, we're going to go to church this morning, and I'm going to preach this sermon. And then I brought a sledgehammer with me, and we're going to start tearing the wall down right at the end of the service. So, I mean, we got up. And, I mean, I preached, and I preached about expanding to the left and to the right and about how that God fills empty vessels and how that when we make preparation that God begins to open up doors. And so, and I said, those of you that are interested in hanging out with me afterwards, and uh, you want to help me tear this wall down, uh, we're going to tear this wall down. And so uh, service ended. I went back with the sledgehammer, and I took a, took a poke at the wall and knocked through the drywall. It was just framing and drywall. And, uh, and we knocked that wall down on one Sunday. And then we put up more chairs. Do you know that in one week, our church got over 100 people to 100 people? We went from 75 to 105 people the next Sunday, and we never looked back after that and just continued to grow and continued to grow stronger. So, well, Pastor, couldn't God just do that with the space you had? Yeah, but see, it's obedience. This is what I wrote down in my notes here, just to encourage you with. Faith, faith may seem like a void to you and I because it seems like it's empty, nothing's happening. But what we are doing is we are bringing what is not seen into reality. When our faith creates a void, an empty, a void for God to fill. What are you releasing your faith for God to fill right now in your life? What are you releasing for God to fill? See, when we, when, when we speak the word of God, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So what happens is, is that as we are making declarations of faith, we are preparing ourselves for a tipping point, a point when we can break over. You know, what are you saying over yourself? I can't wait to get back to normal, or I'm never going back to normal. I'm going to be totally a changed, different person. You know, well, how are you dealing with these things that are going on? What voids are you creating with faith in your life where you're saying, Look, I look at this and it's not, doesn't look. It's a, you know, the mountain was a void. It, it was there, but it was a void that needed God to move the mountain. But the, the guy still, according to Jesus, had to speak to the mountain. He had to do the talking. You know, our Bible says in the James chapter 3 that what you and I say is what guides our life. It really does. How we speak is how we guide our lives. It's the direction that we move. What are you right now saying over your life? What are you saying over your finances right now? Well, thank God we get that stimulus money, man. We'll be okay. Well, look, I'm just going to tell you what. The stimulus money is not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. What we have to look at is we have to say, my God supplies every need. We have to say that the windows of heaven are open to me because I'm a tither and an offering giver, and I'm obedient in blessing people. We have to say over our, over our lives what God's word says, that I'm not going to get sick because I'm declaring, not because I'm just practicing. Look, do the social distancing, that's great. 
But I'm not getting sick because I am declaring the word of God over my life and saying that no plague or calamity is coming near my dwelling. I'm saying that there is a hedge of protection. My Bible says in Psalm 91 that the angel of the Lord encamps around. I got a, I got a bunch of angels camping out around me. And I need him to keep the coronavirus away from me. Amen. So look, I, I, and you say, well, what if you get sick? Well, what if I do? My God's still a healer. His word still works. Hallelujah. I wish I could get a good amen. You know, I know we, we, we just, look, don't buy, don't get suckered into all the junk that's going on around you. All the junk that's going on on Facebook and the crazy stuff that people are saying, look, don't get suckered into it. It's a real problem. But be confidently cautious, knowing that, look, my God is with me. I'm going to be careful. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to be, look, don't tempt God. Don't do stuff that you're tempting God in your life, saying, well, I'm just going to do it. And, you know, I'm just going to jump off the cliff and God will protect me. Yeah, we'll be doing your funeral. Here's what you got to do. You got to be confident knowing your God is with you. The righteous, look, the wicked run. Ask yourself this question. The wicked run when no man's chasing them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Now, are you running or are you being bold? Being bold can be staying at home, but being bold also is saying, my God is with me. This house has a perimeter around it of angels staying here with me. I am protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I got blood on the doorposts of my house. That's the blood of Christ that the death angel has to pass by here and is not coming in. I mean, what is it that you are declaring over your life? Because what you're doing is you're making a, an, a void that only God can fill. That only God can fill. That's what your faith is doing. Miracles are attracted to faith. Miracles are attracted to faith. They are not attracted to fear. So just as kind of a pushback with this, I want you to think of how the enemy is trying to keep you in fear in your life right now. And how is it happening? Because you keep hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. And the more that you hear it, then you start catching yourself thinking about it. Then as you think about it, you begin to declare it. And when you begin to declare that over your life, what you're doing is now you're beginning to guide your life down that pathway. Because here's, here, and I, I, I promise I'm done. Fear works the same principle that faith works. Fear creates a void that the enemy will, you're guaranteed to have filled. I promise you. Job said, said it like this, even though nothing was wrong. He was, pro, he was rich. He had kids. They were awesome. He said, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. This was his own declaration over his life. He said, I was in safety. I, was, I had all these things, but I was fearful. And now I've lost it all. I'm not going to be one of those. How about you? How about you, friend? How are you going to process through all of this? So, well, Pastor, we, we got to keep, you know, we got to stay up on what's happening. I didn't say bury your head in the sand. But I'll tell you exactly what we've got to do. We've got to make sure our nose is in this book and in the presence of the Lord and in praise and in prayer more than it's in watching what some news reporter had to say 
or what some mayor or some governor or whoever, some doctor had to say. Look, I appreciate all that they're doing and all that they're saying. I'm not being critical of them, and I pray for all of them. But here's where I'm looking for my answers right here. My answers don't come from the U.S. government. My answers do not come from doctors. My answers do not come. He may use all those things, but our answer is in the Lord. We're at a tipping point. What's it going to take, friend, to start the dominoes moving in your life? What's it going to take to move things forward? My prayer is, and I know everybody here would pray this too, my prayer is, is that today's the day. Today's the day. A declaration over your household that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're tired of being fearful, you're tired of being something less than what God called you to be. You're frustrated and, and, and anxious about everything in life, about what's going on with your kids and what's going on in your life and what could happen with your job and what could happen with the economy and all those things. And look, there's a part of you inside. <clears throat> I believe this with all my heart. It's the voice of the Father. It's the voice of the Spirit that's saying inside of you, you're more than this. You're more than a conqueror through me who has loved you. The price that I've paid, you're going to get through this. Come out stronger, don't come out weaker. Come out more faithful, don't come out less faithful. Don't turn to alcohol and drugs and try to self-medicate yourself through this whole process thinking somehow that's going to fix anything because it's not going to fix anything. You're just going to walk out with an addiction. Turn to him right now. Turn to him with all your heart. Throw yourself at the presence of the Lord and say, God, I surrender to you right now. I surrender to you no matter what. Lord, I surrender to your word and I surrender to your ability and your power. Let's pray. Father, Lord, you know how much I love every one of these people, Lord, everyone that's watching, everyone that's here, Lord God. But I love them enough to tell them the truth. This is not just a virus. This is a moment in time for what the enemy has meant for harm, Lord God. You, Lord, are going to miraculously turn it around. That out of this, Lord God, miracles are going to happen. Healings are going to take place. The uncurable will be cured. Lord, I know that everybody in the world right now is thinking, well, whenever we can, a year from now, when they come up with the, when they come up with the uh, immunization against this. But Lord, I thank you that today we have an immunization from your word, Lord God. It's in Psalm 107 where it says, you sent your word and you healed us and you delivered us from all of our afflictions. God, I thank you that you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you and that by your stripes we are healed. Lord, I declare that by the word of God in Peter 2.24 that we were healed through the stripes upon Jesus' back. Lord, I declare that for every person watching. Father, I thank you that you're the need meter. That, Lord, according to 3 John, you said in verse 2, we would prosper and be in health even as our soul is prospering. May this be a great time of soul prosperity for all of us. And Lord, the things that you show us, the things you show us to do, Lord God, the, the steps of faith, whether it's to give a special offering to someone in need or to bless a widow or to drop off toilet paper at somebody's house or 
whatever that it might be, Lord God, that we will do what you tell us to do without fear. And we will be obedient. We'll dig a ditch. We'll make room for you to move, Lord God. We'll dig a ditch, Lord. We'll get our pots of oil and start pouring out, no matter how ridiculous it seems. We know that you, Lord God, will make divine help and protection and provision. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. If you don't have Christ in your life, this is the time to make that decision right now. Just call out to the Lord wherever you're at, wherever you're watching this, and say, Jesus, come into my life today. I need help. I need you, Lord God. If you're away from the Lord, this is the day to return to the Lord. Amen. We'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock. We'll be on here, and we're going to receive communion and just stay posted for all the other cool things that we've got going on throughout the week. God bless you. We love you.